Thank you once again for tuning in to another exciting episode of One Kick-Ass Bitch. I just kind of want to let you know that somewhere around the 15-minute mark, the audio gets separated. Something happened. I've been having problems with my laptop, so you're going to hear a weird echo effect right around then. But other than that, bear with it. Have fun with the episode. Enjoy yourself. Uh, write, review, rave, do all those R things on uh, iTunes and Google Play, Stitcher. I'm trying to get us on Spotify right now, but we'll see how that turns out. Anyway, uh, and SoundCloud also, we're there. So have fun with the episode and just enjoy yourself. Heaven has no rage like love to hatred turned, nor hell of fury like a woman scorned. Welcome back to another exciting episode of One Kick-Ass Bitch, episode number 12. This is Ken, and I'm here with my partner, Amber. You say it the exact same way every time. At least I'm consistent. You are very consistent. So it was your turn this week to uh, write the story. I'm going to sit back and drink a chalada and... Get some knowledge. I'm going to sit back and drink a Mountain Dew and give you some knowledge. Are you ready to take this knowledge, Ken? Let me bite the pillow. Get ready. (laughs) All right. So we are doing Phyllis Wheatley this week, and I'm going to open with a poem by her, and then we will get into the story. Can I turn your light on? No, it's okay. Okay. I've got the natural light of the sun. (laughs) (laughs) The evil day star. Yeah. (laughs) Even though my hair is dyed black, I'm a ginger and it is painful. All right, let's do this. Aurora hail and all the thousand dyes, which deck thy progress through the vaulted skies. The morn awakes and white extends her rays. On every leaf the gentle zephyr plays. Harmonious lays the feathered race resume. Dart the bright eye and shake the painted plume. You shady groves, your verdant gloom display to shield your poet from the burning day. So. What was that about? Um, just life, man. All right. So Phyllis Wheatley made Thomas Jefferson big mad. So mad that in 1781, he wrote about her in his book, Notes on the State of Virginia, because she's so unimportant. He said, religion indeed has produced a Phyllis Wheatley, but it could not produce a poet. The The poems published under her name are below the dignity of criticism. Wow. Thomas Jefferson, one of the founders of the country. Was a real dick. Yeah, he might have written a, um, what was that called? Uh, He declared something. He wrote a declaration. (laughs) Yeah, it's it? a, it's like a document that it's something about independence. Yeah, I don't. Have you ever heard of it? I just I'm trying to remember. I don't remember the entire name. Declaration of Independence. Wait, I don't know that's her. Too, that's too. That's too neat and clean. Who would call it <laughs> that? So, so that guy really didn't. He didn't. He was not a fan of a genius black woman writing very influential oh, she poetry. Was black. She was a black slave. Well, there you go. I mean, look, it's 18... What year was this? Uh, 1781, he wrote that, but it was 
in the 1760s that she started. Wow. So yeah. she'd been around 20 years, and then he's like... Freaking pissed. So pissed that he wrote about it. Yeah, because she's so unimportant and not intelligent, and her poems mean nothing. That did nothing. It couldn't be that she threatens their entire way of life. But also, by him mentioning her, people now know who she is. Because mm-hmm. before, nobody knew who she was, and it's like... Oh, no, people knew who she was. Well, I would imagine they did to the point where, but then him writing about it. Yeah, carried that on. Yeah. Which is something he didn't want. (laughs) Then he shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. So a black woman who was a genius threatened his entire justification for slavery and his worldview. So we've already gone over this, so I don't need to read part of what I wrote. You can read it. It's Um, fine. Jefferson was so mad about this woman, this poet, because she was an enslaved black woman. That's that's his entire reason for hating her and her writing and criticizing it and think, saying that it was not worth. Well, do you need anything else? I mean, like, okay, she's an enslaved black woman. Perfect. I hate her. Yeah, exactly. There's like no, there's no other. That's reason. he doesn't. Yeah. He views her as. Oh, it's a bad thing. I'm sorry. No, not wait, a human. Um, she's less I'm, than him. She doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm making light of the situation because there are people. There are people out there who have that mentality. Yeah. For the record, neither Ken nor I feels that way. Just. No. Yeah. Not at <laughs> to all. To clear that up, we feel the exact opposite. If you get a person, no matter race, color, creed, religion, no matter what, you peel their entire skin off, because I've done this, and you peel their skin, no, wait, hold on, medical situation. Anyway, so you peel their, you get a human being, you peel their skin off, you can't tell. Yeah, I mean, that's a really gruesome way to figure it out, but yeah, we're all the same. Well, and people are just like books, you open them up and they're red inside. Ooh. (laughs) So, Phyllis, she was... Somewhere between seven and eight when she was stolen from her home and family and taken across the ocean to Boston, she was purchased by the Wheatley family. John Wheatley bought her for his wife, Susanna. They, unlike most slave owners, they still don't deserve a cookie for this. Well, yeah. Gave her a classical education. He just bought a human being to give as a present to his wife. And they gave her a classical education and introduced her to society like she was a novelty, which... mm. Okay, you look at that and you go, well, they're getting something they perceive as an object, but are turning it into a human. That's still horrible. Yeah, they're... But um, at the time... But this was also in a time when we sold human beings like cattle, so what more do you expect, honestly? Say what you want to about slavery. Look at the pyramids. They got shit done. That's just the tip of the yikesberg. There's a t-shirt on t-shirthell.com. There's a picture of the pyramids and it says slavery gets shit done. Yikes. (laughs) It doesn't. Don't do it. It's bad. Yeah. No, no, no. no. You just have to laugh. The thing is, you have to laugh at. The absurdity. The Yeah. Of people who were like, I don't want to do this myself, so I'm going to buy people and abuse them just the, the, to make them shit. do what I want them to do. Like, Rather than just paying them like a fucking employee. Right. Yeah. But then you make you make less money that way. Oh, yeah. 
Or just, or just the fact how like one group of people hates another group of people for a reason that if you're a third person looking at it, you're like, that's really dumb. Yeah, this is fucking silly. And it's like, and it's silly. That's exactly the way to put it. It's silly. You're murdering people because of something that is flat out silly. And this is why I think people are garbage. Willy Wonka rules. So she was given a classical education. She learned English because she didn't know it because it was not her native language when she was fucking kidnapped. Um, She learned Latin. She learned Greek. Um, And within a matter of months, she had memorized the Bible. Um, She was reading and writing poetry. Um, She had started writing letters to various religious leaders, which I will give you part of one later. Um, In 1767, as a teenager, she had published her first poem, thanks in part to her owners introducing her to the, you know, society with all the intellectuals in Boston. They educated her, and in comparison to many other slaves, her life was good. I mean, she was still a slave. And even though the Wheatleys were subjectively, I guess, good to her, They were still slave owners. At the end of the day, they still felt like it was okay to own people. So, like, mm. Well, stop and take your head out of it for a second. The concept of not owning a slave doesn't exist. Let them be free. There's no, you don't have that as a cognitive reality. Yeah, but when they moved to... America to start over they moved from a place where at that time slavery had not been abolished yet they moved to start over but they kept that aspect of their life that was convenient also and then wanted to reform and revolutionize everything and give you know justice and liberty to everybody except black people so let me now just I'm not justifying it by any means but I'm trying to make your head wrap around it Imagine if right now uh, an emotion, a thought process comes through where birds need to be free. Like no captive hens, no keeping birds in zoos. They're equal. In fact, an African gray parrot, as an example, has the intelligence of a three-year-old human child. But imagine if 200 years from now, birds are equal of us. I know it sounds crazy. But birds aren't people. Wait, hold on. How do you know that? So. Because they're an avian species. They, they, have, they have feathers and they lay eggs, whatever. But they can still think like us, hypothetically speaking. So using that as a basis where it's like, it's so crazy for us to think that birds are our, our equal. But, you know, okay, they're feathers, hollow bones, lay eggs, regurgitate to feed their young, which fucking grosses. That means they don't have boobs. Think about that. Entire species. Reptiles don't either. Oh, I don't want to think about that. Anyway, so I still think a snakes with boobs would be, would be awesome. I'm going to have to draw that later. <laughs> snakes with boobs. As crazy as that sounds to us now, as me bringing that up, the idea of them, of people of that time going, well, they look like you, talk like you, think like you, everything about you, except their skin's a different color, doesn't make them like you. 
means they're a different species. There's something totally... To those people, they may as well be birds. That's just unreal to me. And it would be. It is. But it is. It totally is. But if you put your thought process in that place and go, why do these people behave like this? Because we're looking at it from 200 years in the future. We're not looking at it from what it was, how they looked at things at the time. So that'll kind of tilt your head a little bit in the way you, you, way I you look I at I things. I wish I could go back in time and just like yell at people about slavery and like black people are equal and you cannot own them. And then like you guys, like these are antibiotics, learn about them and like obviously teach them some important things, but black people are not objects. And then the that same thing with like Indians. Indians were Indians were savages. Movement. Indians were savages up to I mean, fuck some people these days will think that. I've worked very closely with with the First Nation people, with the people who were here before us. And it's it's who crazy. were colonized by the people who now say that immigrants are bad. Mm. Right. Right. Mm. Right. Which is great because we're talking a lot about hypocrisy in this story. Um, so may as well bring it all the way around to modern times. There you go. So back to, so they, they, they were treating her like a human kind of, but because she was a human and they still had control over who she was introduced to and who she would not be able to talk to again because they might put crazy ideas in her head, like freedom what what are you talking about hold on hold on the 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 country just preached that to all the other people freedom from britain yeah why freedom from the 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 honkies they didn't preach that no well because like i said freedom and justice and liberty only applied to white people and really only white people fucking trump high five high five me you high five me and going freedom for Trump, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> we don't like him. We're, yeah, we fucking hate Trump. Um. <laughs> so, despite being accepted into society, which to me was she really accepted, or was she like a novelty to them? Like, oh, look at this, look at this black slave woman who thinks and acts and speaks like us, but is not like us. Organ grinder monkey. Yeah, that's, that's not. I'm complaining. Black people, the monkeys. No, I'm not Roseanne Barr. Hey, do you have any Ambien? I can take some. I can blame it on the Ambien. Then. Oh, I, I, I would pay money to physically fight Roseanne Barr for many reasons. Oh, she'd kick your ass. I don't think so. She, she's large. Have you looked at yourself lately? Yeah, what do I'm, you weigh? How much do you weigh? Fifty pounds? Fifty-five pounds? One hundred and seventeen, bitch. Nice. And sizes and everything. Bullshit, I'm over... Just Ken's ex-girlfriends. Oh! Hey, oh! (laughs) It's tiny. You know, I'm envious of thimbles. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, despite her acceptance or whatever acceptance they did give, um, the Wheatleys could not find anyone to publish her works. So they sent her to London. It was one year after slavery was abolished in England and Wales through Somerset and Stuart. It was a so they educated ruling. the shit out of her. She starts writing beautiful poetry, and they can't do shit with it because of the goddamn 
racist slave owning fucks in America. Yeah. So yeah. sends her over to England where they're like, oh, hi, you're a human. Where they've already realized that slavery is not cool. And I mean, that was just in England and Wales. The rest of the empire obviously didn't abolish it because they depended on it for their entire existence because they couldn't. Well, I was about to make a joke. I was about to say, I wonder if England realized that no matter what color you are, you're a human. And they know this because of how many fucking people they murdered to take over half the goddamn planet. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, oh, wait, you guys all look the same (laughs) inside. Because we shot a cannon at you when you're coming at us with horses and spears and we've got a Gatling gun and we rip you all to shreds. We're like, Hey, they all look the same on the inside. They look just like us. Huh. Every person in every country that we've murdered all looks the same. I wonder if we're actually murdering other humans. Shit, this might not be good. Crazy idea. All the people that we're killing in all the lands that we're colonizing. Like, not such a good idea. Not a nice thing to to do. Be their friends and then negotiate. Yeah. So, in London... She went from a local celebrity in Boston to an international one, like Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> explain this to me. Um, I don't, uh, okay. it's, I'll explain it All later. Right. It's not relevant. So she said, everyone's graciousness fills me with astonishment because while she was, like we said, kind of accepted in society in Boston, she was not treated so much as an equal, but when she got to London, people really believed that she was a genius. They cared what she had to offer, cared for what she had to offer, and they were kind of in awe of this woman who was smarter and more educated than a lot of them, and was a better conversationalist. She just she shocked them and they were like wow what so now again a philosophical question we have to go into so the people that bought her i'm not going to say quote unquote bought her because they actually bought her raised her and then gave her the permission to go to these schools so she could learn gave her the opportunity to learn which she took and then Mm -hmm. Did they send her to London? Yeah, they, so they did. That, they sent her. What does that tell you about the, these people now? We all of a sudden. Well, it was through the society, like the high society there, shaming them that they was it really freed or her. was it? Yeah, yeah, because it was even up to the point that they sent her away. She was there were certain people she wasn't allowed to meet again. Um, their son Nathaniel actually really prevented and enforced this because of their talks of freedom and revolution. So these people everybody. were talking of freedom and revolution? There were some people, not not the people who owned her, but there were some people who were. And obviously, because we know slavery was eventually abolished in the United States, and they didn't want her around those people. But so it took being shamed by London high society, who they still wanted the approval from... That they and that's and the funny her. thing is, you look at it from one point and you go, "Oh well, they saw her her worth and knew it wasn't being used here in the United States, so we're going to send her to London where she can become, as you just said, an international star." But the flip side of the coin is 
No, they were being shamed to the point where they were like, yeah, we can't deal with this uppity ninja. So we're going to send her over to London. Yeah, well, and because at that time, while they still owned her, her her worth was still tied to them. And so all these great things she was doing, people were still praising them like, oh, you educated her and you're the reason that she is so intelligent and so well-spoken. And so it was all, they were receiving praise for her accomplishments. So of course they want to keep Yeah, keep no, you're this. right. And you're, it's well, like it's, a stage it, mom. Yeah, holy crap. It's like a stage mom. It's like JonBenet yeah. Ramsey's so it wasn't, asshole fucking mother. They weren't doing any of this out of the goodness of no, their No, you're, you're right. That's why you're right. I think Wow, okay. Good way to look at it. I'll bring a little bit, I'll bring a little yeah. bit of the right-leaning up to your left-leaning. I mean, all of them left-leaner, but still, you have to think like the righties every once in a while and see where they're coming from. So, good girl. Yeah. So, the hypocrisy of the American revolutionaries wanting freedom while still owning slaves was not lost on her. And in a letter to a reverend, she wrote, sorry, let me consulting the book. She caused a riot. Who wrote that? Uh, This one is by Hannah Jewell. Thank you, Hannah. Um, She says, "Mm, where? Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Um, the strange absurdity of the, their conduct, whose words and actions are so diametrically op- opposite, how well the cry for liberty and the reverse disposition of the exercise of oppressive power over others agree, I humbly think it does not require the penetrations of a philosopher to determine. Which is a fancy way of saying. You guys are yelling for freedom, but where in the fuck is my freedom? You guys... Yeah, you guys are fucking awesome. hypocrites. Awesome. That's, awesome. Um, so that's Jedi. that. Jedi. Um, Phyllis achieved a lot in her short life. She only lived to be 31. She was greatly influential upon the society in which she was allowed to mingle. Um, she became the first black person, not just woman, person, by the way, to be published in the Americas. She met with George Washington, no big deal, who she wrote a poem of praise for and was in turn praised by Voltaire. Wow. Fuck yeah. Again, no big deal. And he compared her work to Catherine the Great, the Empress of Russia, who was known for her writing. You hand rid a lot of stuff. I'm very, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me a so it's, <laughs> it's cool that all of these, you know, she, it's her, her life started where she was kind of a pet for Susanna Wheatley. Um, and they dressed her up and educated her because they wanted this smart slave who they could show off in society and then she met those expectations surpassed them and went on to live a pretty great life and it just kind of blows my mind that she's not in history books people don't she's not widely recognized or known unless you are specifically looking 
in that part of history, in looking into slavery, um, you're not going to know about her. Or if you're, you know, in if you're not into literature, those are the only two ways you're really going to find out about her. Or looking yeah, at powerful what, women. Yeah, what'd she die from? What, what, what eventually got her? Um, I don't know, because I spent more time looking into specifically you her work. You and I focus on so different things. That's why I love... See, I don't care how she died. I just yeah, care how she lived. I, I'm always about, like, how many people they murder? Like, how many murders did they commit? Like, how many, how'd they die? Like, who in the fuck went down with them when they were dying? But you just focus on the beautifulness yeah. of their life. Yeah, I just want everybody to know the way they lived and their great impact on the world and the way they changed things. Because she put ideas out there that nobody was... I mean, I'm sure there were people who felt that way, um, even slave owners maybe who felt that way, who were like, mm, I don't want to do this anymore. I feel like this is hypocritical. But she, as a slave, was able to put it into writing and get it into people's hands and into people's heads that you guys are fucking hypocrites. You want freedom. But you don't want to give it to us. You still want to oppress us and fuck you guys. So would you say so, she is one kick-ass one bitch? One kick-ass bitch. Thanks, Phyllis. <laughs>